I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. What a blessing for this old mariner, at least, to have this opportunity to be in your home by means of radio. In the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, our thought will be from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, if you'd like to take your Bible and turn with us. Hey, by the way, thank you for being a faithful listener. Some people have written, some have emailed us and tell us they, they listen to our program on a regular basis. Thank you so much for that. Also, special thanks to the radio stations that air Old Fisherman's program here from the port of Bon Secours, Alabama. The offices and studio here of Fishers of Men Ministries International. Uh, it is, you know, I bow my head and thank God for uh, just uh, the opportunity. I wonder sometimes what and this little old commercial fisherman, converted commercial fisherman, why God gives the opportunity that we have. Uh, just to try best to magnify his son. Why the opportunity is given to me, I, I don't know, but I, I'm certainly thankful for it. And it's good to have you as a friend. If you'd like to get in touch with us, the easiest way, if you have access to a computer, I know many do not, if you have access to a computer, it's just F-O-M-M dot O-R-G, F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries uh, International. And if you'd like to write to us, the station will give you an address whereby you can uh, correspond with us if you would just give them a little call. Uh, they'll tell you how to get in touch with Fisher Mon. First John chapter 4 and verse 10. First John chapter 4 and verse 10. What I like to do is just for a few minutes at this time, I want to prove to you that God's love is the greatest love that could ever be shown or the greatest love that ever could be experienced. In fact, I'll say this very dogmatically. No one has ever loved like Jesus loved and loves, my friend, us this day. We think about his children. And it says, uh, as far as our text is concerned, herein is love, not that we love God. How did it start? Herein is love. Where, you know, where did it all begin? Herein is love. It says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And his only begotten son proved his love by dying for us. And there's no way to match this love with any other love that we see here upon the face of this earth. As far as this story is concerned, it's so far superior, not even to be compared in any way with love that's seen the way you think about the Seth Poole stories of Hollywood, or maybe some uh, some of these stores, uh, the magazine racks and the stores and the uh, aisles of stores around the world that's uh, has to do with uh, supposedly love stories, which is so anemic. And most of the time it has to do with love, 
love, yes, lust, not love as we see it, as God presents it. So, uh, if any love that is present here on this earth, in any of these love affairs, there's always an element of selfishness. There's something in the deal for me, but not so with God. Let me just prove it for just a few minutes at this time. Herein is love, not that we love God, but he loved us. My friend, God so loved the world. See, and I'll, I'll use, I'll make reference to myself when I talk about this to show you the depth of God's love. See, God loved me and his son died for me knowing that I was nothing. You said, what does that mean? Well, in the scriptures, see, there's nothing in the scriptures that I can find uh, in man that is solicitous of God's love. Apart from God, man is bankrupt. He's the lowest on God's creation. Man is described as being vile and wretched and sinful and lost and reprobate and we're unclean and we've gone astray. We're called aliens. We're hopeless, with, without excuse. We have no strength. We have no life. We are dying and yet he loved us in that state. He loved me knowing that I was nothing. That'd be like a young man going into the sorriest section of town and looking at the sorriest of creatures that God has made that is just uh, down in, in the lowest gutter, so to speak, and falling in love with someone like that. That'll never happen. Never would that ever happen, but it happened with us. God so loved the world. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son. And his son proved his love toward us by dying for us, knowing that we were nothing. Not only was I nothing, but I had nothing to offer. You know, many fall in love because of what each party has in common or has to offer. A woman can offer to a man, many things. A man can offer to a woman. See, there is, you know, we think about uh, the opportunities each one of us has to take and, uh, and give to the other. And yet, what in the world could we offer Jesus Christ? My friend, he finds us in a bankrupt state. We live in the rags of our own self-righteousness. My friend, we live on the devil's poverty program. What, my friend, could I ever offer him? In other words, I never could repay this love, but still he loved me. My friend, that would kill a marriage immediately. You said, what are you talking about? That I never could repay? You take a young man. Maybe he finds this young, young lady. Maybe she's in the depth of poverty. Maybe she's raised on a farm. And she has very few clothes. She has very few shoes. She has no money. And yet she marries this man that has some degree of wealth. She can repay him by, first of all, giving him all her love and then taking care of that home. And then maybe with God giving life, my friend, provide for him children. See, she could repay. We can repay each other as love is given to us. We can repay this love back. But how are you ever going to repay back God for the love that he sent through his son, Jesus Christ? Jesus paid my sin debt and the world. Am I going to repay that? My friend, he gives me eternal salvation. In my heart, he's given joy every day. He provides all my needs. I'm going to escape death. I'll live forever with him. How am I ever going to repay that? It doesn't make sense. 
the depth of his love is seen and that I was nothing and I could offer nothing and I never, ever could repay. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. Not only that, but he loved me, showing the depth of his love. He loved me knowing all about me. You know, I believe I can say this. Let, let me make a strong statement, okay? Can I get away? Would you let me get away with making a real strong statement? I'm basically, I try to be a gentleman when I speak. But let me make a strong statement. I believe this. Nobody would love you if they really knew all about you. You said, wow. Yes, wow is right. Would somebody love you? If they really knew everything there is to know about you, not only just your actions, but the very thoughts and intents of your heart. You know, that would kill a marriage, would it not? Yeah, that would kill marriage, you know, if not before and many times before, uh, before it got to the marriage altar. Knowing all about me, maybe you was to tell your future bride or my friend, the future groom, uh, uh, male, female, you was to share with each other all the things that's been true of the past, all the things that's there, all about you from top to bottom. And I tell you what, 99% of the time, 99 and 99, 100% of the time, people would walk away. If you knew all about me, you know, would you still love me? And you know, that shows the depths of God's love through his son, Jesus Christ. Because you know, God still loved me, knowing all about me. Jesus still loved me, knowing all about me. Jesus still died for me, knowing all about me. And let me finish with this, my friend, showing the depth of his love. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. He not only loved me knowing that I was nothing, I could offer nothing, I never could repay. He knows everything at all about me, but he loved me knowing that even in this relationship that I'd have with him, that I'd be unfaithful. Oh, I'm glad there was a time in my life, in fact, it was the month of January in 1966 where I said, I do. You know, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Yes. You believe he's the Messiah? Yes, that he died for your sins. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. My friend, oh, said those vows. Oh, I confess him. I'd like to say I confess him publicly every day. I should. I have a written certificate, a written document now that I belong to him. I live with him every day. He's the greatest lover of my soul. But my friend, he was willing to go to the marriage altar with me, knowing that I'd be unfaithful. No one would do that practically. This shows you the depths of God's love. Suppose uh, your future wife would say, do you promise to stay true and faithful to me all the days of your life? And you'd say, well, I can't say that. Would you be you promise to love, cherish, and obey? I cannot take those vows. I'll tell you what, I'll be faithful to you 80% of the time. I promise you, I can give you 80% of my time. I'll give you 80% of my love and my affection. I'll give you, I cannot give you all because I cannot be faithful. It's because of my past. I've been unfaithful in situations in the past. Would you still marry someone like that? 
You said, I reckon not. <laughs> I would not have married Mrs. Munn upon those precepts, nor she would have married me, knowing that I would be unfaithful. Now, they're unfaithless in marriage today. People say the vows, the marriage altar, it means nothing. Faithful to each other till death do us part. And yet I've been unfaithful to God. I'm sorry for that. I don't want to be unfaithful to him. He said one time, he said, you adulterers and adulteresses. Oh, he said that to his kids, his people. We've adulteresses and adulterers, male and female. You know, you've been unfaithful to me. Shame on us. How could he love us knowing that we would be unfaithful? This separates man's love from God's love. God's love is eternal. It's rich. It has depth to it, my friend. He loved me knowing I was nothing. I could offer nothing. I had nothing to repay. Knowing all about me, and yet knowing that I'd be unfaithful yet, he is faithful. Thank God for the love that is seen in God's Son. I'm glad with the little kids I still can sing. Jesus loved me. I know it's kind of small and it's not fitting for an adult, but I still like it. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Have you received this love? If this love has been given to you, you better thank God for it because it has depth to it. If you've never received this love, Jesus offers it to you. Would you not get on your knees and say, I do. I do. I desire Christ for my Savior. Would you not trust him to be your Savior today? Until next week, the same time, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.